Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Hello and welcome to the Stepping Out Challenge Day 6. Today I'm going to continue with the second part of the series I did on my gardening channel called 31 Plants in My Tropical Garden and today I'm going to be talking about getting the most from your garden. So gardening can have its challenges, its ups and downs, but it's also extremely rewarding. And I've spoken on the previous posts about the joys that I have found from growing my own. I get a real buzz from being able to go out and pick some herbs for cooking or fruits and vegetables for a smoothie or a salad. And I'm increasing the plants that I'm growing all the time. As I get more knowledge, more understanding, moving things around, I'm putting new things in, planting more seeds and just asking. It doesn't hurt to ask somebody if you can get a cut in from a plant that you like. So that's another great way if you add that to your list of things for keeping your budget low. So one of the things that the garden has taught me is the need for patience. And at times it's felt as if I've been checking on the seeds that I'd planted each and every day. It's almost like you want to dig up the soil to see, well, are you growing yet? So you're expecting growth and nothing is happening. Or you're expecting growth, it starts to grow, but the snails in one night just eat all the seedlings that have come up and like my um, basil and my coriander seeds nothing came up I was watering it it was warm maybe it was the seeds maybe I need to get a different set of seeds but these were in dates so it's just like you know some things you I didn't kind of like get all kind of het up about it. It's just like some things you can grow well and some things you can't. And then there are other times where it would seem as if plants just grow overnight when you're not looking. And I find that with my Mexican sunflower plants, I've got them spread out in the garden. And if I'm chopping and dropping one particular area, by the next week, an area that I've cut has started to grow again. And that's, I always find that amazing because it's just like a continuous cycle of, you know, they're all helping to nourish the soil. So patience has also taught me that just because you want to do a particular job in the garden doesn't mean that it's going to get done. And some jobs take a lot longer than you might have originally thought. And I've done this time and time again. I go out with a list of things that I want to achieve and I end up just doing half of one. So um, you have to kind of give yourself um a bit of space, a bit of room, like look at the particular job, look at the space that you're working in. I'm working in quite a large space, larger than I've ever worked before. So it's just like, you know, you. sometimes it can seem as if you're just going out there and battling the weeds and digging up weeds. And um, 
or cutting back at one point. It just seems like, you know, you cut back one area, as I said, with the Mexican sunflower, and then suddenly it's grown again and you, you're like, okay, I now need to put this here, but that's not the job that I wanted to do to begin with. So you have to kind of, you know, really plan it and also be realistic as to how much you can get done. I've also learned how to adjust my soil, composting and dealing with a sloping land. My The land that I'm, I'm on, uh, to plant on, slopes downwards and it's just like as soon as the heavy rains come all the soil just washes everything away and it just seems like you're left with rocks. So over time, over the six to eight months, I had to spend looking at how the the beds that I created, how best to put them, what to put on them, um, what to nourish the soil with, um, and understanding how in the rainy season, how it's a lot easier, obviously, for plants to grow, and then in the drier season. And so in the rainy season, it's best to kind of put those things that you want to grow fast. Like if I'm planting any new Mexican sunflower, I, I usually plant it in the rainy season and at the moment we're going through the rainy season so it's just like there's other plants that I can put in the ground that needed to go in there but it was just too hard to dig the soil so now the soil's a lot softer or what needed to happen was where there wasn't much soil there over time I've laid down you know um, the cut grass and leaves and dry leaves and so it's without me having to do anything created it's the own its own compost in place and so by the time now i'm ready to come for it there's a lot more soil there that i can use um and i also had to look at well what plants thrive in a particular place and if it wasn't going to thrive there what do i need to do do i need to move it should it be in a pot um to begin with for a little while just to establish itself and then decide where to put it and so all of those things I'm learning have learned from working in the space so as I say the space that I was growing on has a large slope so I'm as I'm facing it the slope it's coming towards me and I didn't have any money to bring in additional soil to balance it out or, you know, add rocks here and then, you know, level it all out. Um, so I had to figure out how best on a budget to stop the soil from washing away during the heavy rains. And then during the drier season, deal with the cracks in the heavy clay soil. And it definitely has been a challenge. And what I found again is that you can't be in a rush. So if you're dealing with a very tight budget and you don't have money to say put in wood chips what i've been doing is as the grass is cut i allow it to die down for a couple of days and then i put cardboard down and then i put the grass down and that's stopped grass from growing in areas that i want to maintain a path or you know i don't it's it's quite expensive to constantly be cutting the grass because we find that I think generally speaking, the the size of the place within two weeks, the grass has grown quite long. And so, well, we get it cut once a month. So whilst it's longer than we would normally have it, 
what I do is use that to my benefit because it means I have more grass to put on my compost pile, more grass to put on the beds and to nourish the beds and to create more compost around the edges of the property where I want um, to do some planting. But I'm glad I persisted because I ultimately want the land to work for me and I look at all the examples found in nature. I purposefully didn't want to put in irrigation. Um, again, it was, we're on a tight budget. <laughs> if I have to carry the bucket, and now I've got a hole in my bucket, uh, my watering can, um, to in place, you know, what systems can I put? How can I use recycled bottles to help you know, water particular plants, especially in the early season. And I, as I say, what happens in nature? What happens in the forest? Um, you know, the trees fall in place, um, covers the ground, breaks down. And so I'm trying to replicate that in a more, it's a con kind of controlled way, but to replicate it, um, to use plants for shading so that the, it would, retain more moisture, as I say, mulching and chop and dropping um, and utilising all of the plants that I have growing. Some plants grow quicker. So we have one plant called the um, river tamarind and that grows like a weed, but they form trees. And once they've set their roots in, which are extremely deep, it's very difficult to get rid of it. But I use it in the sense that I can use the wood uh, around the sides of the beds, I can use the leaves on the beds. Um, and in some ways, depending on where you plant it, because I'm looking at trying to create an archway um, and I'm trying to see if I can do a living archway um, and use the river tamarind in that way. So we'll have to see. But as an artist, I've been very excited to find plants that I can use in a creative way so either from their fibers or as natural dyes and I have found a number of plants that can be used in the art studio so there's a particular plant so if you go to my blog you'll see some of the images of the um, plants and I've got a video there of the it's called the Clitoria tenati tenati um, and it's got really pretty blue flowers so the flowers can be used in a tea and I think the leaves can be used in a tea um, as well. Um, but it's got this lovely blue color that, that it changes the water to a blue color. And then if you add something acidic, it changes to a, like a purpley color. So it's very, it's, it's like, oh my goodness, look, I can use this to dye some fabrics or, you know, dye the paper or whatever. Um, there's a clammy cherry tree, which um, produces berries which are edible but it's got a very kind of sticks to your teeth so um, the it's not a plant that was actually eaten very widely I think the kids used to eat it but they used to mostly use it to stick paper together or to create kites um, the banana leaf you can get fibers from that they can be woven the mahogany tree um, we've got a mahogany tree that when I cut it back, or I don't physically cut it back when we get it cut back, the wood is used in furniture. And so that's something that I can use in terms of art projects as well. And there are so many other leaves in the garden that provide 
a uh, natural dyes. So it's just like, oh my goodness, look at all this that, that is here. It's not just you can eat the food, you can be nourished by the food, they can be used in a medicinal way, but they can also be used in a creative way. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. So I have been adding to the 31 plants growing in my tropical garden over time. And I think that I probably have doubled the amount of plants growing in my space and that's unique plants. So, um, and it's probably even more if you count plants that I've got multiple numbers of. So like my um, Moringa trees, I've, I started out with 14 trees that grew at different rates and now I'm creating a Moringa patch where I'm going to, well I have planted about 20 or 30 trees that I want to grow and they're all growing at different rates so they'll all come up and um, produce but that's a really great, that's a, a, a wonderful, it's called a miracle tree. Anyway, and um, I've been able to successfully grow from seed or friends have given me cuttings or small plants. And I was recently given a tamarind plant, which will grow into a tree. It's a, it would grow into a massive tree. So I put it in a space where um, it can do that quite happily. I've been given um, a soursop tree, a small plant. And um, I love, you can make, you know, you can make the, the juice from that and punch from that. And the South Hot Sop leaves have amazing properties as well. And then I had, I've been given a soursop um, fruit and um, I made uh, like a juice from it. And I thought, well, let me plant these seeds not thinking that they were going to grow. I don't know why, because I have had success with seeds. Anyway, I popped the soursop seeds and the sweet sop, or some people know it as the custard apple, um, and I planted them. And amazingly, they started to grow. And um, I think I put in about 20 seeds, soursop seeds, and practically all of them have started to grow. So it's just like, wow. I know I'm not going to be able to plant all of these in my space, so I'll be able to either sell, you know, the tree, young trees or, you know, give some away as well. Um, but I'm also hoping for a tasty harvest. It's, it's just a lovely tasting um, fruit. So I feel very fortunate to be able to spend time in the garden. Um, it's very therapeutic. It's um, a space where I can just get lost out there for you know a good three four hours um, and I'm growing all the plants that I've always dreamed of growing it's such a blessing and it's great to share the information and I share that on my gardening YouTube channel what I feel I'm doing is transforming the, the landscape and I'm creating a haven and it's definitely one of the coolest things that I've been able to do. And I'd love you to join me on the adventure. The idea that, you know, I'm creating climates so that more birds, we've got hummingbirds, we've got at least three or four different types of birds. We've got bees, we've got some small bees that love the flowers from the 
um, spice basil and we've got some massive bees I, I still haven't found out what they're called um, that love the moringa flowers and the Mexican sunflower nectar and we've got lizards we've got about I know four or five different varieties of lizards and other animals that it's just like I never I, I've never seen these before. I've seen lizards, yeah, but there's one particular lizard called the skink um, and I will share more of that on one of the videos on the channel. So definitely come and join me on my uh, YouTube channel. So if growing your own is something that you'd like to do, then I encourage you to think about how you can use the space you have to grow something, whatever the size. It's definitely a therapeutic activity. Even weeding can soothe away the stress and there is so much to learn as you gain more con confidence. So here are the tips again if you're on a budget and want to start growing your own and I um, spoke about these yesterday. Um, so if you are new here then so here are the here are the tips again but this is also just a reminder. So why don't you, when you go shopping and you say buy something with seeds, why don't you try and grow that? If it's a tropical, um, if it's a tropical vegetable or fruit, you might only be able to grow it indoors and you might not necessarily get the fruit from it. Sprouting pulses is another quick way to start growing and um, you can go and buy seeds they're quite economical you know between 150 um and um i guess it depends what what you want to buy but a lot of the general ones are between like 150 and three pounds um and um you can start quite quickly you can check out your local pound store i know they've started doing a lot of gardening um, supplies and they do sell seeds and they sell plants and sometimes they have some quite um, good plants. Um, your Lidl store, I don't know whether they have Lidl in, in the States or um, if you're in the States you've got your dollar store, you've got your Walmarts and other places that, that those of you who you know go shopping there would know um in in england i know we have lidl now do a whole plant range and some of their plants are in really good quality i've brought some of their seeds i've not yet planted them um i wanted to plant that's it i've got some sunflowers i'm going to try them and i'll be able to say you know how when you buy plants from these um lower cost stores um whether they they do grow as well as you hope so keep an eye on my gardening channel for those who want to grow and garden on a tight budget. I've been growing my garden with no budget. I mean, the, the amount that I've probably invested um, so far, not taking out clearing the land and things like that, but just since I've started planting is about $500, which may be 150, 200 pounds. And that's on a course um, at the Andromeda Garden. Um, where it was a kitchen garden course organic course and we came away with lots of supplies and the one the only thing that um because i went away sort of like two like a week two weeks after i'd come back with all the seedlings and i put stuff in the ground no i we'd planted stuff at andromeda gardens 
um, I brought them home and they didn't survive. The only thing that survived was the Mexican sunflower and that has populated my garden. So I, I think I spent $120 on that and, and then a few plants that I brought, but the rest is, I've been, oh no, my compost bin. So actually maybe $600, but it's just like, there are things that you can do that you don't have to spend. And if you start working with what you've got, sometimes it might mean that you have to wait six months for things to grow so that you can get enough to chop and drop or, you know, but just, you have to see what works for you. So I'll be sharing some hints and tips. So please do subscribe and click the notification bell so that you know when a new video has been uploaded. And I currently post about two to three videos every week. So have you had any more thoughts in all my talking on what your approach is going to be to your green space? If you've got one or your balcony space or that space which you can put a couple of pots. Check out some of the resources. I'll be um, putting some links to you know, the dollar store, some other places as well that sell books that you might wanna get. Um, you only need a pot and some soil to start growing something. And as I say, if you don't have an outdoor space, um, you can get some pot plants and have some indoor plants. Um, you might not necessarily be able to grow as many you know, fruits and stuff like that, but I know people who've you know, grown indoors, um, you know, tomatoes, sweet peppers, and some of the other things. And most of the tropical um, plants that we get out here are sold as indoor plants in the colder climates. So tomorrow I'm going to be sharing what I've been doing with my art journal series. I did a 31 art journal, um, art journals that I had created. And I hope that during this month, um, as you're listening, that you find time to start a challenge of your own be creative and stretch yourself. So join me for the rest of October as we dive into some creative, exciting challenges and look at ways in which they can impact on your life. So I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. It's never too late to start. The main thing is to take one step at a time and do something you find interesting. Take care for now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check me out on my blog or YouTube channel for more creative insights, videos and reviews. Stay blessed and be a blessing.